Hey everyone, welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve. I'm Bill. I'm Steve. Movie stock, so let's talk movies. Let's talk those movies. Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Had a couple good days at the gym. I got back from that Marvel job where I was Iron Man. The kids loved it. The client treated me well. The hotel was awesome. Got some great dinner while I was in Columbus. Um, five extremely attractive Japanese women took pictures with Iron Man at the end of the day on Friday. I mean, Saturday. Oh, yeah. And that they, was pretty great. Oh, yeah. They, they thought you were the real thing. You could have took off they your thought, helmet and be like, hey, I'm Robert Downey Jr. You might, have rec <laughs> you might recognize me from uh, National Born Killers. Sherlock Holmes 2. Um, uh, shit. Um, fuck, I'm blanking on Robert Downey Jr. movies. I'm sorry, guys. We fucked uh, this he, up. He made a cameo in The Incredible Hulk. I know that. I know he was in The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, what else has he been in? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I got nothing. Shit. Fuck. Man, he needs to get his act together. Like, what's he doing now? <laughs> Seriously. He's just, like, just fucking dressing up like Iron Man at, like, like Columbus? I don't know. I guess so. I guess so. Great. <laughs> How about you, Bill? I'm doing great. Um, I've been failing to mention this, but at the start of this year, I maintain my set my goal, not like a not no resolution bullshit, just a goal, general goal for the year is that I want to watch 365 movies. Um, I'm a little behind because I had some I had some was kind of busy the past couple of days, but I am I'm only three movies behind so far. Nice. So uh, it should be easy to pick up this weekend. I'll, I'll probably watch like two movies tomorrow and. So like that. It's not necessarily that I have to watch a movie every day. It's just that by the end of the year, 365 movies. Great. So I'm sure there'll be some filler movies in there, like Bambi versus Godzilla. Absolutely. Uh, and stuff like that. But a classic. Absolute classic. It is a film. It's shown in theaters. It doesn't matter that it's only like five minutes long. It's a short film, it's, but it's a film. It's a short film, for sure. Perfect. Perfection. <laughs> it is perfection. I love that thing. Uh, so great. So let's just uh, hop on into it as we do. Uh, some news coming up here. Uh, some sad, movie news. Some sad news uh, right off the bat. So let's let's make a somber movie news. Movie news. Uh, I hate Mondays. That's Garfield for you guys. Remember that's my favorite Garfield. Bill Murray movie, Garfield. Don't you know? Remember, guys. I do love that. He got what's his name fired from playing Peter Bankman on the real Ghostbusters because he sounded too much like Garfield because it was the same voice actor for Garfield. Yet years later, Bill Murray goes on to play Garfield. Exactly. Isn't that life perfection at its best? <laughs> uh, so yeah, DreamWorks Pictures is going to shut down their DreamWorks Studio uh, for the animation studio, and they will be eliminating 500 jobs. That's a lot of jobs. It's actually, and they're apparently they're going down to two animated films a year. Uh, I believe it's one new film and one sequel. So that's great. That means they have, like, five sequels planned already or something? Yeah, well, like, the current lineup I'm seeing is there's the Kung Fu, another Kung Fu Panda movie coming Which out. Which is fine. I'm not a big fan of them, but I've heard, like, the, the first one is good, and I didn't never saw the second one. I didn't see the second one. I've heard it's good. I liked the first one. I was actually very surprised by the first one. I feel like that was a time when DreamWorks was hitting, hitting more, uh, you know, positives and negatives for the most mm -hmm. part. Um, I mean, DreamWorks has made some absolute classics. Yeah, I feel like they still they still make a lot of ones I don't like though. And they make way more crap than good stuff. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad they don't make Shrek movies anymore. So oh, thank goodness. At least we have that. Um, then there's a Trolls movie in 2016 as well. I don't know if that's based off the toys. <laughs> um, I think it's based off Troll Two. Right. Oh, so I guess a reboot of Trolls. Yes. So it'd be similar to like the Leprechaun remake, where it's like yes. super horror, not comedy. So this Trolls will be super like children friendly, unlike Troll. Yes. Perfect. Um, then there's Boss Baby, 
on in 2017. Uh, I don't. I'm already looking forward to that. I don't know. Um, there's the Crudes two, in 2017. So there's our sequel. I didn't realize the Crudes one was like so well received and made enough money I'm to justify a Crudes two. I'm sure, it made enough. Um, there's the Larrykins, and then there's going to be a third How to Train Your Dragon movie. That's fine. I've heard nothing but good things about the second one and the first one. Now was I know there's a Captain Underpants movie coming out, and, I, and that's got that's got pushed back to 2017, or at least they're outsourcing the production of that to get it out okay. for 2017. I re- I am looking forward to that because I'm a big fan of the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I was as a kid. I still think they're pretty you know pretty funny. So I'm okay with that. But yeah, um, I'm just surprised. Cause I feel like DreamWorks um, has been doing well enough. I'm. I mean, right. I don't. How Dragon Dragon Two made plenty of money. I don't. I'm. I don't know. I don't know if it's a tax issue, like if they're just going to fire everyone, move stuff up to Canada, and blah or or what. Maybe. Uh, maybe they just um, stretch themselves too thin. I don't know. Um, I I just obviously yeah, there's a whole bunch of information like monetary wise, like they are. Uh, I, so I don't know. Like they're they're planning to lose a 300 like 290 million and like with the restructuring they're doing it's like okay wow shit wow um what were you spending money on guys i don't know i don't know uh see structuring plan is expected to be substantially complete by the end of 2015 and expected to result in annualized pre-tax cost savings of approximately 30 million dollars growing to roughly 60 million by 2017 yeah, we gotta not pay so many in taxes, so let's just fire everybody and outsource all of our animation. Good, good thinking. Well, as long as the people in South Korea can do the DreamWorks face, uh, I'm sure the company will be fine. That's all. As that long matters. as they have that face to smash on their posters. DreamWorks yeah, face good. technology. Um, that used to be a good joke about DreamWorks films. They everyone had that face, but then Disney started doing it. And then everybody started doing the fucking face. Right. Uh, and then El- that's, like, like the, that's the that's the image of Elsa. She's doing the DreamWorks face, <laughs> and that's like sp- that's plastered everywhere. It's like one of the most famous images right now is Elsa, and she's doing that fucking face. The, that the, fucking face. That little tilted head with the eyebrow up, like <laughs> look at me, I'm I'm edgy. <laughs> I feel like that's what they were going for when they started doing that damn shit. Fuck, fucking shit. So DreamWorks, hope you get together. Um, let's just make a Toy Soldiers reboot. Oh yeah, let's do that. I'm sure Tommy Lee Jones would be down for it. You did wait? Did you say Toy Soldiers? Yeah. Small Soldiers. Oh, Toy Soldiers, uh, starring Sean Astin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, I would be all the all the fuck about a Small Soldiers. I rewatched that recently, like last month. Mm-hmm. It's honestly aged just fine. It's I, still um, really funny. I keep thinking, well, there's a lot of movies out there like this. Uh, I remember, I may be wrong, I remember hearing that it was cut. Like, there's a lot of cut stuff from it. Okay. Like, apparently, I don't know, it's test audiences or, like, MPAA. Because apparently, like, it was, it was, I don't think it, I think it, I think it may have kept being PG-13 or, like, something like, I don't know what the rating of the film is now. I might be wrong. I'm sorry if I'm just bullshitting. But I feel, I feel like I remember hearing there's a lot of stuff that was cut from it. Like, especially, mm. like, a lot of Phil Hartman stuff and things like that. Oh, I miss Phil. Yeah, that well, movie made me miss Phil again, and then I, and then like after I watched Small Soldiers, I watched Jingle All the Way, and then I missed Phil again. I miss God, Phil Hartman all Phil. the time because I always well just watch Pete's Playhouse, and then he's on there, and I'm like, mm. oh, like, you're 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 one of the main reasons that uh, Pete's Big Adventure is so good because you wrote you wrote it with Paul and absolutely yeah. yeah. So 
Phil Hartman, we miss you every day. And uh, we want to thank um, Andy Dick for being a fucking asshole, getting Phil Hartman's wife back on coke, and her going insane and killing Phil and herself. Thanks, thanks, Andy Dick, you little piece of shit. Thanks, Andy Dick. Uh, no joke, uh, John Levitz fucking hates Andy Dick. Um, and now I love John Lovitz even more. Uh, like he, uh, like I don't know if it's ever been super, super confirmed, but like he would, like if he he threatened to kill him over what he did and all this other stuff. And yeah, <laughs> that's the ticket. So there's some good stuff. Um, yeah, that's some that's some that's some uh, playground uh, playground talk. Uh, so yeah, DreamWorks. Hope you guys figured it out. Uh, moving on. Um, the Fantastic Four reboot is apparently doing some more reshoots. Uh, I it's feel continually like... going down a spiral. You know what? Um, who knows? I, it I might pro- be great. It might be. You know, everyone. I feel like, man. I feel like everyone's just automatically sh- like getting on a hate train for it. And I feel like anyone does this if 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 the Marvel properties aren't under Marvel Studios and part of the Avengers or something, it's immediately shit and has to be shit on. And it's immediately garbage. And that is stupid. Especially because, like, as I've said, I thought Amazing Spider-Man 2 was better than anything fucking Marvel kicked out the past couple of years, except for maybe Guardians. Yeah. Um, and that was Sony, but, you know, since Sony released, I'm, I would bet almost any amount of money that if Marvel Studios released Amazing Spider-Man 2 exactly as it were, it would, uh, everyone would love it. I think so, too. I seriously, honestly think that. Yeah, because it has that name, and then everyone automatically clicks in their head, like, well, everyone, I don't know. I don't know if it's bandwagon fandom or or if I'm just a victim of hate-dumb or I'm just hating a fandom. I don't know. I get accused of that John, with Josh Whedon, but I, I don't know. Um, I, uh, I think I, I think there's some merit to that, like, mm-hmm. if it has the Marvel name on it. Because I, I, I run people all the time who love Iron Man 2. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I, I don't think you can defend that movie. <laughs> I like it better than Iron Man 3. Um... Iron Man three at least has some uh, Shane Black to it. I like Shane Black's script. Like I, I don't know. I like yeah, but Iron Man two has Sam Rockwell. Yeah, but I, uh, he was utilized better. But I, I guess uh, Mickey Rourke was the sad part. Yeah. It's like, hey, this really cool villain. Oh, you're wasting him. Completely wasting. You're him. wasting Mickey Rourke. What are you doing? Stop it. Stop that right now. You're still doing it. Why are you doing this, John Favreau? Jesus, we're, we're getting sidetracked. That's that's my f- that's showing just how little the Fantastic Four movie means. Yeah. Um. But super quick side. Uh, my favorite thing about Iron Man Two is on the bonus features of the Blu-ray. Uh, during the making of, there was a moment where John Favreau was trying really hard to direct. Um, Scarlett Johansson on how to point guns and I see the look in his eyes that I get when I've been directing the same actor for an hour and they just don't fucking get it <laughs> and I love that that is why I own the blu-ray <laughs> it's just he just just fucking hates her so much in that moment and that's I that's funny. my favorite part about Iron Man 2 is the behind the scenes yeah featurette. yeah those are usually pretty good like um like I mentioned before David Fincher getting on a megaphone and saying the Fox executives are fucking morons because <laughs> he was getting fucking frustrated at the Alien 3. Yes. But, um, so, yeah, there's a reshoot sound in Louisiana only a couple of days. So, I, mean, I imagine minor stuff. I feel like people see, hear reshoots or hear something. It's probably like a shot that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. And then that, they're apparently uh, going to be a teaser slash trailer, something like that, hitting uh, theaters on February 13th with The Kingsman. Um, okay. Which I am looking forward to that movie, by the way. Um, hope everyone checks it out. Um, so yeah. I look forward to seeing the teaser at least to see at least what direction they're going yeah. with it. I mean, I'm willing to give it a shot. As long, you know, everyone like the stuff about Doom potentially being a blogger and all this other stuff. It's like, well, 
if it works in the movie i don't know i'm not gonna complain if as long yeah, as it's not stupid it's just like i don't know right exactly i can i'm okay with, i'm okay with reimaginings and retellings i mean that's mm-hmm. what like all the ultimate universe was and that's what you know a lot of the one shots and things like, like you know there's always a um i don't know like uh, my, my biggest hope is that the Doom we get is more like the comics Doom because we didn't get that in the other two Fantastic Four movies. I feel like we did in the second one at least. That was uh, more so in the second one. The second yeah. one was very Doom and I loved it. Everyone else hated that fucking movie and I was upset because I, I really liked the second it. one a lot. My biggest complaint um, still is that they overdubbed Doug Jones's voice of Lawrence Fishburne. I agree. That's the worst part of that movie. Yeah. It's a little side note as well. Um, I feel like that's that's the reason why I never really will give a shit about her. Is that they mm-hmm. film the entire movie with an actual woman in the rooms room talking to um, I'm forgetting the actor's name. Um, Joaquin. Uh, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin, yeah. Yeah, uh, I almost call him Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Joaquin, like the Joaquin, like Joaquin Phoenix. Shit. Um, like they actually had a woman in the room, like the, the original actress for that, like talking to him. Like she was there in the rooms talking to him off camera. Like she was the original voice, and then they just overdub her, Scarlett Johansson. It's like, well, it shows how little that character actually mattered in the movie if you could just overdub it someone else. Right. I, mean, that's I just, didn't that's, know that. That's that, shitty. That's just a you know, I don't know minor minor behind the scenes quip about that. That's movie so dumb when they like waste money on star power just for a voice. Like who the fuck cares? I understand I when they do it for characters that are on screen. But I just, I don't get it for characters when you don't see their fucking face. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The thing is, uh, we've, we've talked before about how the studios waste money. Like, like the thing, uh, re, uh, prequel. Hey, I actually watched a video. I need to send it to you, and I need to post it on our page. There's a video produ- behind-the-scenes production of, like, all the animatronics and, and practical effects they are making for the thing prequel. And mm-hmm. they look fucking incredible. Yeah, they look awesome. I've and, seen like images. And then, yeah, I, just, I watched a video of them sculpt, like working on it, and like how it was like the animatronics in motion, how amazing they looked. And then, like, because this is a thread on on the television board on 4chan, like immediately under it was a video clip of the movie showing the CG that they decided to say fuck all that practicals. Here, let's put some CG in there, and it looks fucking awful. Mm-hmm. So it's just like it's because the studio is apparently their thoughts were well, it looks too much like an eighties movie. Yeah, those look good. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. Sorry. I, we kind of have our tangents today, I guess. But it kind of, <laughs> kind of relates. kind of relates to how people are treating things. So, Fantastic Four reboot. And apparently there's already a sequel set for 2017, I guess. So Eventually they, um, it'll come out. They have set... Well, because they have to get that movie out this year to keep the rights, to my understanding. Right. So they have to. That'll be interesting. They could have just made the deal with uh, Marvel and kept the rights for, like, another five years. But they didn't want to make the deal. I don't know. You know, stupid. You know, executives, a lot of studio executives, and this is the same thing for comp, like just regular like company companies like Ford. You know, actually big corporations. Um, a lot of times, why why plan ahead? Because you'll probably be out next year. So why it's up for you just to make as most the most money now and not give a shit. Right down the road, that's what leads to a whole bunch of problems and you know making cars better and everything. Like why why work on that now? I don't care. It's gonna affect someone ten years from now. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. I mean, movies usually. So that's that. Um, another bit of news: um, Netflix's uh, Ted Sarandos, I believe, is the CEO of Netflix. Don't think I'm trying to see his position here real quick. Cannot. Sorry. Um, He's just some guy that works in the government. Some. some <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one they talk to. Um, they're eyeing to do 20 original series a year. 
And on top of this, he's shitting all over um, movie theaters, like like he's like, apparently keeps doing. Um, yeah, I don't. I twenty twenty original series a year. I don't. I feel like that's too much. That's way too much. I, I get that not every show is for everybody, but still, that's a lot of content to be dumping out there and expect people to watch. Find it and watch it. And I don't. I already don't quite agree with the um, method that Netflix does their content. I don't, I don't like binge watching. Mm-hmm. I kind of like I'll do if I get a season of a show like that's already been on. I'll watch maybe one or two episodes a day, if mm-hmm. that. But some people are. That's that. what I do. Yeah, I'll watch two episodes a day. If, to me, that's binge watching is watching two episodes yeah. of something a day. But then some people like I know some people will sit down and just watch like the entire season in one day or some entire season of a show in a weekend. And I feel like I feel like you lose a lot if you're not waiting. I agree. Like at least a day to kind of process what you saw. Yeah, to let it sink in. Exactly, like, um, like with the this past season of Boardwalk Empire, because I I was kind of late to this show, so season five is the first season I actually watched as it aired, um, and it was it was fun because it like kept me interested. I mean, the, in the end, the season was shit, but it, <laughs> at least yeah. these episode to episode, I was interested in what was going on, so I, I enjoyed that experience versus me just watching the Blu-rays, you know, constant in a consistent order, mm-hmm. so like that. But and then um, he goes on to shit on like saying like how consumers. Uh, I guess I'll just read the quote. What's happening right now uh, now is TV has never been better, but a bigger driver of why television is displacing movies and the culture is because the distribution for television has never been better either. People want to see Breaking Bad. They're not going to miss it like they used to. Whereas if you want to see a movie and don't live anywhere near a theater, which I have to say, who doesn't? I don't. I feel like there's theaters everywhere nowadays still. Yeah. I don't. Um, One time when my fiance and I went um, to this hotel in the middle of fucking nowhere, uh, we were still 25 minutes away from a theater, which is further than I'm used to but I drive that far for l- even less important things. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes on to say, uh, you have to wait at least a year to see on Netflix. You have to wait at least four to six months to watch it on pay-per-view or buy it on DVD. It's super disconnected from what people want. Theater owners are exerting a lot of power over the studios to withhold access to content <laughs> that people want to see. That's bad for consumers, that's bad for studios, and ultimately I think it'll be bad for theaters. Yeah, movie theater owners are they're they're just flexing their muscles all over the fucking studios. That's why they get to keep five percent of ticket sales. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't. I, like everything here, I'm just like, this is fucking dumb. I I think we said this before. There is nothing like seeing a movie in the theaters. I love the Crap, theatrical uh, dumb dumb audiences. Whatever, like it's just, being in a theater is always something good, nice about being in a theater. He's super huge screen, the super surround sound, everything, and I, you, everything's you, dark. You can't see anything but the theater screen. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a different. It's a whole whole experience, whole shebang. And I don't want to hear anybody's bullshit of well, uh, in my home. I have a 65, 70 inch television. Everything I can just do what I want. But I feel like in a theater. Um, being a theater like in this way limits you like if I'm at home I can be distracted just go do something else but in yeah. the theater I, I think it's silly I, I get kind of silly to say like you're, you're trapped but no you're mm-hmm. in the theater your whole point of being in the theater is to watch the movie mm-hmm. I mean I know some people you're, you're getting engrossed in the story yeah actually. I know some yeah. people want to be all like well check their cell phones with their, their pieces of shit they shouldn't do that anyways but um, no like the whole point of going to the theater it's like going to a restaurant it's like saying I'm going to go to a restaurant to just sit on my phone I, I, or something I don't know if that yeah. works, but theater is a solitary, a singular experience of watching the movie. Experience I experience the movie, like like the audience, the energy of the audience. Like if it's a comedy or an action movie or something, like you have a packed house of people. There's a there's a, there's an energy there that really elevates a, a film. 
I think the energy is like the main. That's a good point. I like that statement. The energy of seeing a movie in the theater, mm-hmm. especially with other people, and you know, like obviously we don't want people to fucking be talking the whole time, but hearing other people react to what's on screen is part of the experience as well. Yeah, it's like going to a uh, live event, like you go to a wrestling show or go to a football game or basketball game. You, you you know, let's be honest, like football games, baseball games, it'll look way be- like you'll be seeing way better on your television at home. But mm-hmm. when you go to the stadium, it's an energy. Like you're out, you're out either outside, you're around. Yeah fans like there's whole like the noise the the swell it's an experience and that's i feel like that's what theaters are giving you mm-hmm. and if people want to say they shit on theaters but love going to football games like sitting up you know two miles up in the fucking bleachers or some shit right it's like say say that's a better experience than going to theater i think no it's it's a it's the same thing it's the same thing i'd argue the theater is even better than the live sports yeah but it's to each their own there is no absolute truth when it comes to what's better absolutely but, yeah, theaters are awesome, so uh, fuck that Netflix guy for saying that. Um, good luck on making 20 original shows a year, um, but if you need one, call me up, because I got this tokuzatsu idea that would work <laughs> great for a weekly, for a series. We can kick, there's, we can kick out, like, six episodes right now, test the waters with it. Maybe you know something, maybe you can answer this. Do you know how the pricing model works? How do they expect it? Like, when they make a show, like, I was reading the Marco Polo show they just made, cost $90 million, how do they make that money back? Good fucking question. I've never understood the original content for Netflix and Amazon and all these services because I don't understand how they're making the money back. Because Netflix and stuff, there's there's no advertisement in the show, there's no commercials. No, no. Uh, no, they're trying to make their money back completely with, you know, this is our original program, you can only see it here, so you have to be subscribed to us to see it. It's the same whole idea with, like, HBO and Showtime making their shows. Mm-hmm. You know, it's them, like, making these shows, spending a bunch of money so that you have to have a subscription to their service to see the show. And then later down the road, now these days, you know, they can sell the DVD or the Blu-ray mm-hmm. and make money off of that. But it's it's all about, like, making Netflix the place to be. That being said, I think they spent way too much fucking money on them for fucking Marco Polo. $90 million? Yeah, that's what I was reading. That's insane. I mean, like, 90 divided by... (laughs) They need... Holy shit. They need 11.3 million people to pay for a Netflix subscription for one month to make up the cost of Marco Polo. Oh, that's not even including like cost Not of including the... all of their other Yeah. like titles that they pay money for, which granted Netflix doesn't pay much money. No, they don't. Unless it's a huge thing like uh I don't know if you guys know this but like uh for like guys on my level or even guys like well above my level but all been... still in like the independent film things. Yeah. Uh Netflix will give us like 1200 bucks. If oh man. Period. For a full year to show the movie on Netflix, and yeah. guess what? When a movie's on Netflix, fucking no one buys the movie anymore. Don't give me any of that shit of like, oh, you'll get new people checking it out. No, those people that are watching on Netflix most of the time are not then buying the film if they like it. Yeah, the general consumer base for Netflix aren't necessarily movie fans. I would say like they like movies, but they're not the kind of people that are like. There's been a lot of studies saying that people, most majority of people who download content, like pirates, quote unquote, are actually fans of media, and it's mostly for them downloading to try it, and if they mm-hmm. like it, they'll buy it. Yeah, I feel like the, I mean, I, I, that's the thing there, but I feel like the people by Netflix are people who just don't want to own movies, don't want to support things, so they just have Netflix so they can just watch it. And be done Absolutely, with it. I can't tell you how many people have asked me if my movies were on Netflix, and then when I tell them no, they immediately lose all interest. 
Yeah, because they don't they don't want to give they don't want to be inconvenienced with either a having to search search you out, pay you mo- any, any money. They because like why, any why money. do that and then and then be tasked with having this DVD like this thing on them. They ever, I feel like man, I, I I know we're kind of going all over the place this episode. I apologize, guys, but I guess this is a good point. I feel like there's been a huge push in recent years for digital digital uh, content like media, like everything being mm-hmm. digital and not having physical discs. Yeah, and especially with how often I hear people getting upset that Netflix is taking something down, I feel like well, that's more of a reason you should be focusing buying on these. buying things and having physical media, or even like something DRM free, like purchasing a digital movie and keeping it on a hard drive. Because I, I yeah, at I, least I, doing that, at least doing that. I mean, that's still susceptible to things, but having all this focus on um, digital content, I feel is incredibly dangerous and not not very good for the consumers in the long run. Like let's say. I'm um, on PlayStation Network. I buy a $60 game, a digital game, and I download it. And then you're, what happens 10 years from now? Can I can I get that game still? Mm-hmm. Like, if I have the disc, I can pop that disc in. Same with movies. Like, I, like uh, King of the Hill is the big example. Uh, you can't get anything past Season 7 on DVD, so Netflix was your only option for checking it out. Otherwise, other, other, otherwise than watching it syndication on, I mm-hmm. think, Adult Swim still shows it, something like that. So it's like, if you're mm-hmm. someone like me who loves the show, you're fucked. Right, because you, you you otherwise you're not gonna be able to watch it because Netflix doesn't have it anymore, and then then it, it, Fox I don't know like has just given all up all hope of releasing anymore on DVDs. So yeah, I don't. This whole I, I that's why I've never been a fan of Netflix. I've never had a Netflix account. And I probably never will. I like Netflix, but I'm also a fan of movies. So when I see something that I like that I haven't seen before, I then buy it. Yeah, I'm just more of a. I'm just not. I'm just a like I said. I use Netflix. I've we talked about it before. I use Netflix for television stuff. Yeah. That's mainly what I use Netflix for. Once in a while, I will try to find a random movie that I've never seen before on there. Now, I will fully admit I have an Amazon Prime account, so I do get some access to that type of material. But I have that that account also includes free two day shipping. Yeah, so it includes the free shipping. Yeah. It's about the same price, and also uh, you can watch Everyone Must Die on it, which makes it better than Netflix. Hey, there's a good plug. So, folks, if you got Amazon Prime membership, uh, type in Everyone Must Die, watch it for absolutely free. I will get some money. You will pay nothing, and I, then leave a good review because everyone inside just just got an influx of brand new reviews um, of people that hate it, which is fine. That's awesome. <laughs> um, Although the, the only thing that bothered me was someone uh, said there's only six kills in the movie, and I was just confused because there's 19 kills in the movie. They're an idiot. Um, <laughs> do you still so get a kickback from that? Uh, I get a kickback. I don't. There's no like hard data numbers so that I can see what the actual thing is. Mm-hmm. But everything has been so transparent with MVD that like there's they aren't fucking me over. Like they've been so honest with everything. Good. Good. Um, so last month for the month of December, um, I got five dollars. Hell yeah! Uh, from everyone that possibly watched it on Prime. So yeah, everyone watched it on Prime. Cool. Just get on there. Can set up a, a dipping bird so when the movie's over, it just restarts. <laughs> Watch it forever. Yeah. So a couple of quick, 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 quick points where we get to the main topic today. Um, uh, Strange Magic comes out this coming. Well, when this episode goes up, it came out this past Friday. Uh, the the only one of the main reviews I read and the title line for it was Strange Magic looks like one of the most stunningly beautiful bargain bin straight to DVD releases of all time. <laughs> I think that is enough. The reviewer gave it a one and a half stars, and it has a fourteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So, guys, uh, go check that movie out. <laughs> it's going to be great. Can't be bad. Uh, one reviewer said it makes The Phantom Menace look like The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> and the last point for these little bits. 
Uh, if you go on big, uh, bigbadtoystore.com, uh, they sell a lot of you know, toys, collectibles, things like that, and you go to their clearance section, you can buy a master case of Transformers Dark of the Moon trading cards. That, it can, that includes uh, 576 packs and a total of 3,456 cards. Three, four, five, six. Uh, this is 96% off. Its list price was $1,729. You can get it for the low, low price of $59.99, plus about $30 in shipping. So if you want 30, almost 3,500 cards of Transformers... Well, I have to collect all 252 cards. There includes chromium cards, special cards, gold cards, silver cards, metal collection cards, and normal cards. Oh, fuck, you're right. This is a big uh, fucking advertisement for a movie that came out, what, six years ago? Six years ago. Uh, um, did this set come with autograph cards? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. Probably I, not. If I, trust me, if I could have the chance of getting a Michael Bay autographed... Uh, Dark of the Moon, uh, shit, no, no, um, Sentinel Prime, sure. Okay, cool. So yeah, guys, if you want that, or if you just want to buy them and then try to sell them pack by pack on eBay. Yeah, I'm sure you make money. Oh, there's, there's film reel cards, so you can get some, get some film stock. Uh, Do you think that we could recreate the entire film with those 3,000 cards? Uh, we can make a film, which is what we have. We'll be, we'll be, we'll be <laughs> Let's very do that. It'd be like Let's some Topher Grace re-editing shit. <laughs> so, anyways, um, let's dive into our kind of our topics tonight. Uh, our movies of uh, discussion. Uh, Steve, you want to you want to start it off because you kind of brought this to my attention. Sure. Um, our idea this week was to just watch a couple of movies that either we hadn't seen before, or hadn't seen in a while, talk about them because that was kind of the original idea of this podcast. Yeah, and it just immediately devolved or evolved. I would look at it as evolved into uh, doing a bunch more stuff with like comparisons and lists and talking about the state of film. Um, so we just kind of wanted to uh, bring it back to its roots from way back when we started this show. Oh, geez, it's like uh, last October, year now. October, we're going on. Yeah. Um, so you know, we watched a couple of fl- flicks. I I actually poked around on Netflix. Uh, go figure. And I found a uh, horror film that it just looked kind of dumb. I was just like, <laughs> I'm going to watch this so that I can be like, this is shit, and then get mad that they like have good distribution and are on Netflix and like got the budget to make their movie, but I can't do that. Uh, mm-hmm. But then I watched it, and it made me laugh a lot, and I really, really liked it, and now I own it on Blu-ray. Um, yeah. So I had Bill watch it. He didn't like it very much i don't man i don't know where i don't know if it's i didn't like it there is just um i guess let's let's get into it steve what was your favorite part of the oh before we get into it um we're 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 talking about the film called dead before dawn 3d although my dvd wasn't 3d at all my blu-ray is also not 3d but it was apparently it was the uh the canada's first live action stereoscopic 3d film well, what a what a, what a achievement for them! But um, before yeah. we get into it, uh, we, there will be a lot of spoilers. So if you want to pause this, go check the movie out. Either uh, you can buy it on Amazon for five dollars. That's what I, on on DVD or ten dollars for Blu-ray, or you can watch it on Netflix like Steve did. So before we get into it, just letting you guys know that. So if you want to actually follow along with the discussion, that that's an option there for you. So right. So Steve. Uh, Let's just get into it. Like, if you want to quickly summarize the film, and then what was your favorite part of the film or parts? Uh, the basic idea of the film is that uh, this kid named Casper, who is uh, the only character I really don't like, because he's too much of a, an annoying caricature. Um, 
but everyone else is great. But his grandfather owns this occult store, and in the occult store is this horrible evil urn that will curse you if it gets broken open. So we fast forward a bit after the urn accidentally kills his father, and he watches the store for a day. All of his friends come over, want to see the urn. The urn breaks. And as he's flipping his shit, one of my favorite scenes, everyone is making fun of the concept of a curse, and they're writing the curse themselves via making fun of the idea of curses. But everything that they say is what actually happens in the film. So at 10 o'clock that night, everyone that they make eye contact with gleefully commits suicide and then become demons, which are half zombies, half demons. And they have until dawn to lift the curse, otherwise they'll be cursed forever. And everyone that they look at and make eye contact with will gleefully commit suicide and become demons. And those demons can make other people demons by giving them hickeys. By giving them hickeys. And then you can seduce the demons to become your slaves by French kissing them. If you French kiss them, they become your slaves, yes. Yes. Very um, important. Um, the uh, Red SPD Ranger is one of the main characters, and as a fan of Power Rangers, that immediately got an extra star off of me. And he was fantastic, like to the point where I kind of want to hire him for Captain Z2 if that movie ever gets he, made. Yeah, they, they, you're talking about uh, Brandon McLaren who played Dazzle. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, he was. He was pretty. He was pretty great. Pretty funny. He, yeah, really he was really him. funny. <laughs> um. So. See, so, yeah, it's a. It's a. I considered it a really fun film. It's really funny. Um, but it's, it's, it reminds me of my style in the sense that there is a real story and real characters and they at least tries to develop the characters and there's actual consequences, but it handles everything in a lighthearted, fun way with a lot of humor. Um, and I'm, I think that's why I liked it. I'm going to put you over right now because I'm going to say you develop characters way better than this movie does. Okay. Well, thank you. Because I feel like by the end of it, there are several people I still like. It was like, okay, you're just the jock dude. I mean, I know you weren't in the movie very long, but I don't know a thing about you. Mm -hmm. Casper's best friend, lady, I felt like I didn't know shit about her, such so like poetry. At, uh, same with his crush. Like, I feel like Casper was pretty well done. I actually really like Casper, the character. I feel mm -hmm. like he's a guy who didn't want to... He was trying to be a nice guy, help his grandfather out, and then everyone else was an asshole to him. And then even if there's like a... The, my point, one part of the film... I guess we're going to jump around, but it's inevitable with this. Um... The part of the film I hated the most was when they're in the camper before they go to the camp college campus to collect the pieces to fix the curse, and everyone's shitting on Casper. Yeah, that was really <laughs> shitty. And Casper's like, "It's and like, wait, you're trying to say it's our fault?" And he's and it, like, you're trying the film. I feel like that's what kind of got pissed because I feel like the film is trying to force scenes like a scene like that because that happens in movies to show, like to make everyone hate Casper all of a sudden. Like, no, you guys are assholes that really did all this to Casper. I'm absolutely on Casper's side in that scene. Like, yeah, it is your fault. Yeah, he said he didn't want to do this. Yeah, they're forcing him to feel bad, and it's like, no, he he's every right to feel upset towards them because they caused all of this. His mother is dead because of them. Yes, as like, far as he knows, like he doesn't know if she's going to come back or anything. Yeah, they don't know. Yeah, spoilers, guys. At the end of the movie, everything's fine. Um, but yeah, let's let's, let's I'm sorry, let's stick on positives. Positives. Um, uh, I like, like I said, I like Devin Bostick as Casper. I thought he's funny. Uh, Brandon McLaren as Dazzle is great. Um. Uh, I think the character played... Yeah, Seth. Seth Monday, played by Tim Doran. I liked him quite a lot. Uh, he was funny. Like, the whole yeah. mug, mug jokes. Um, I liked the whole mug business. That reminded me very much... Like, again, that reminded me of, like, my uh, egg guy from Everyone Must Die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny, because I can imagine... Um, I forget... I, I apologize to Seth's uh, His last name. Um, the actor you used for MC Pink and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I, Seth I feel, Jankovic. I feel like Seth could have played the same character. Absolutely, he could have. <laughs> like, very well. Like, the, the, him and this actor are very similar in their style. Like, their approach to this character, I feel like, would have been very similar. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, it's been a couple days since I saw it. I apologize. I like, I like Christopher Lloyd in this. Um, Except... The ways they utilize Christopher Lloyd, I really don't like. Because a lot of, I feel like every movie anymore that Cat puts him in something, like either it's Piranha or, or either Piranha Three Double D or um, when he's in Tremors or in this. Like every time they have to have him say "Great Scott," it's I, I can't stand it. And Bill hates that, but I always think it's funny. So uh, it's <laughs> not like you know, even even Arnold doesn't do "I'll Be Back" that often, like hardly ever anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's like that. Everyone, think, everyone wants to think that's a trope. It's like I don't. I feel like Arnold I, has definitely I, I, said I have, "I'll be back" less often than Christopher Lloyd has been forced I, to say "Great Scott." If I cast Christopher Lloyd in my film or any film like that matter, I, me personally, I have too much respect for him as an actor to like, hey, say this line you say in that you said in that one time. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, he's an actor. He has done a lot of other roles like why it's like so what you liked back to the future why do we have to keep shoving that down people's throats and that's fair it's just it's pet peeve i understand some like, like you don't you don't have, you don't have a problem with it that's totally fine my pet it's my pet peeve because i feel like they're, i feel like they're getting to a point where they're like doing the dance monkey dance with the actor it's like mm-hmm. hey christopher lloyd we liked you in this movie do, do the line do the line Here's the money now do the line monkey. we got you for two days of shooting do the line fucker <laughs> fucking monkey here's your money <laughs> oh, bitch <laughs> It's like this is Christopher Lloyd. Show him some respect. Don't don't do that. It's it's. I it feel like they're just like trot, trolling him out on a like a dolly, shoving up against the camera. It's like action, great Scott. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, that's a wrap. Uh, Cart him back to the shed. I don't. I can go on about that, but that was a bit I didn't like. But I liked him as like the the grandfather character, the owner of the shop. I mean, he's Christopher Lloyd. He's a great actor. Actually, what I really liked, I liked seeing Kevin McDonald in this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm huge, I'm huge kids in the fall. Yes, the I love fan. kids in the hall. So seeing him show up, yeah. I really laughed. Um, I I can't find it anywhere. Do you happen? I can't seem to find their budget. I didn't know. If I uh, I actually it. found their budget at one point, but now that I was looking, I can't find it. The budget was about two million dollars. I recall. Okay, that I have to say that seems. I don't know. I don't know if I spinning and I know movies. I mean, they have a lot of people in it I, I can see it i guess they had a lot of people um they did have a lot of different locations uh the mm. cg was terrible yeah but like was. all of the practical stuff looked really good um, um and also it was shot in 3d so yeah. a lot of the cost probably went towards that like if they didn't shoot in 3d this probably would be more like a 1.5 or even a 1 million dollar movie yeah and to me i think it looks really good for that price yeah it does well they, i mean that's let's be honest um like i think this got brought up in the star wars trailer the teaser trailer got brought mm-hmm. up it's just not impressive because people like with prosumer equipment anymore, even professional equipment. That's even low end professional equipment. You can make movies look like an actual, you know, quote unquote movie, like a big budget movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I so, mean, honestly, just look at the the trailer for Captain Z. There's yeah. a lot of like really wide establishing shots that were impossible before like before the prosumer days. It looks great, and you know, we made that for about fifteen grand. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, it I looks like it costs like six figures. And I, outside of you know couple things i mean it looks on par with dead before dawn with the two million dollar budget mm-hmm. i would all suck your cocks tomorrow i guess but thank you um thank you. feels no, good I, I, the cg was what got me because i feel like the scenes that had like there's a scene where they throw a grenade and blow up some Zemans and there's the gas station explosion yeah i feel like those didn't need to be done that way at all they could have easily just done throw a grenade they have the shot have them running away and just like have a thing burst guts. Us, like guts or smoke or you know do everything all like you don't need to show shitty like same to the gas station you know what you can do i thought here's where i thought the situation was going guy douses himself okay do a stunt 
fire or just have him like light the match and then not show him set on fire and then on the characters faces just have it light up orange like which was because the dude on fire in the distance actually looked pretty good as cg yeah and then the and then the explosion happened (laughs) yeah they could have done the fire in the distance and then him dancing and then show the camera back to the characters add an explosion effect and a like you know burst of red light on their faces and then i i I was expecting that and i would have been perfectly fine with that as opposed to the shot we did get the explosion that looks like worse explosion CGI than Super Task Force One. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, that's what gets. Yeah, it's definitely like, the lowest. The lowest point of the film to me is the digital effects that they tried to do uh, mm-hmm. and failed, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I did appreciate there were some. You know, they actually had practicals for a lot of stuff. They had a lot of practicals. I really liked the look of the Zemans. It was very fucking simple, but it worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they were clearly going for like an Evil Dead homage with these Zemans. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I liked the characters. I liked the, I liked the editing a lot. I, I enjoyed the fact that both times they went to get weapons, they had the montage of them getting weapons, mm-hmm. and some of them being effective and some of them being terrible weapons. I think that's what leads. Like I like some of the. I don't know. See, I, I feel like watching the film, I wasn't quite sure what they were going for. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be a comedy, a horror comedy. Um, I guess the, the description it gives itself on its website is an action comedy. I mean, I'm sorry, adventure comedy. But sometimes I feel like they're trying to make a horror movie. Like they have some parts where they're trying to make something scary, but it's mm-hmm. not really quite working because it's clashing with the other with the rest of the film. Where I feel like the rest of the film is being almost parody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's I, a few I, points where the film is definitely um, teetering on parody. Yeah, I get, I get the, I get, I get it. It's, it's, but I feel like it's been done so much that I guess it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, mean, I, wanna, I, I forgot to say, I really enjoyed Brittany Allen as the uh, dumb blonde character. Yeah. Simply because there's a lot of subtle things with her that's happening to the side where she's not, like, the focus of the film. Mm-hmm. Like, there's this one part in the film where they get their weapons again and they're escaping from the occult store, and they all have... Her weapon was a mop, and everyone's fighting, and just kind of to the side. And she's in the center of the shot a couple times, but the, does, the shots never ling on her. She's just mopping in a <laughs> sexy way because that's all she knows to do. Yeah, I know. I did notice some of that. Like, I don't mean to... I'm not trying to say, like, I'm trying... Not trying to dog on the movie a lot. But, Absolutely, yeah. Um, like I, like overall, like, I think my initial reaction was an okay movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gone, it's gone a little bit. I don't know if I'd ever watch it again. But again, I only dropped five dollars on, it, so I don't mind. I supported them in their film. I don't, I don't for five dollars. I did not regret the, fi- the purchase. I would say, in general, my favorite part of the film is whenever people are committing suicide. Oh, that was that. That was always really funny. Every the, be... the, the football dude just impaling himself and his attitude about like yeah yeah go Cougars. I really enjoyed that. Um, so let's see, like, and this this goes back to kind of the clash of comments. Like sometimes it seems like they're trying to be horror, like with Casper's mom committing suicide, like the way it's shot mm-hmm. and everything, trying to build suspense and be yeah. like a scary movie, and then it immediately clashes to him, like some rednecks blowing their head off and yes. being all goofy, goofy. So I, that's, that's that's what I mean. Cla- like I feel like every time there's something I really like going on, it kind of, the film kind of finds a way to kind of poop on it. Okay. Um, I think uh, I think I, I told you like the um, obviously great Scott, but the the, the bees line. Yeah. I, I appreciate that Dazzle is killing himself with bees and how happy he is. But the whole. Then it gets to the Nick, then he's like, doing the whole Nick, Nick Cage. Cage, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, why are you doing? That's another thing. I'm like, why are you doing this? You can, come in. You guys seem like you're smarter than this. Mm-hmm. At least the filmmakers. But um, 
I don't haven't seen any other films by the director April Mullen. Another uh, she's also an actress and been in a lot of things. Yeah, she was in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> she was. Yeah. She was so, bang. but yeah, I haven't seen anything else she's done. Uh, like I said, I the style somewhat reminds me of my own. Although you said I'm better at characters, so awesome. I think so. I think so. But you know, I enjoyed it. Good. I it was a good movie that I watched. It's definitely worth the ten bucks I spent to own the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Um. As Bill said, he's not a big fan of it, but it he wasn't upset that he spent five dollars to see it. So, nope. and it's a short; it's only eighty-eight minutes. Um, it was nice and breezed. It was yeah. it was very quick. At no point did it feel like the film was dragging. It was paced very very well. Mm-hmm. I agree. So yeah, I, say, I would I, if I had to give it a score, um, probably two and a half out of five, maybe three. Okay, I'd give it a three and a half, maybe okay, so possibly a, possibly four. You know, depending on my mood. But yeah, I'd say at worst a three and a half. Okay, so we're not we're not too far off on yeah. that. So yeah, but it yeah. made me, it made me laugh a lot, and I'm glad that I own it now. I, I wanted to support them. Yeah, so that's what I mean. That's what we were getting at before. Like like you watched on Netflix, but you're like me, and that we're actual fans of film, and so like that's so we'll actually do, we'll go out and purchase the thing and, yeah, and purchase like it new, so that like the studio gets the support to show them the yeah. the plus to support movies like that exactly exactly so that way they have that tick on their numbers they know okay so people are buying this and that mm-hmm. way either a they can bring back the, the the people who made the movie to you know distribute their next film or something like that because mm-hmm. obviously if people everyone just does Netflix and doesn't watch anything that distributor will be like oh well Steve Brzezinski your movie no one bought it no one bought it so no one bought your seven dollar DVD that's at Walmart yeah so uh, <laughs> that's get not the you, fuck out of our someone. face yeah get the yeah. fuck out of our face so. Um, as a foil to this, I brought forth the idea of talking about the 1996 film *The Frighteners*, a film I love. Uh, which uh, th- I brought this in because I felt I, I, at the time I was still kind of feeling like *Dead Before Dawn* was trying to be a horror comedy, but not really getting it. Meanwhile, *Frighteners* is like uh, one of my favorite examples of a horror comedy that gets it right. And I agree. I I do think that The Frighteners is honestly probably one of the best horror comedies of all time. Absolutely. It's it's Peter Jackson's first uh, big budget Hollywood film. Um, big budgets in quotes because the film only cost like $26 million. But, yeah. but it was his first Hollywood film. Everything before that was still uh, New Zealand funded films like uh, Meet the Feebles, Bad Taste, Brain Dead, mm-hmm. uh, Heavenly Creatures. That um, I, oh, the lo- oh, shit, I might be getting the the film before this. But anyways, um, and then because of this film, he wanted to make the Lord of the Rings films. Um, it was a special inter- um, uh, what's a uh, introductory to the uh, director's cut DVD that came out around the time King Kong came out. Him talking about the fright about the production a little bit and saying how. Um, because of because for this for Frighteners it was him using CG for the first time mm-hmm. and there's a lot of CG shots uh, admittedly they have, they haven't aged the best because it's you know, 1996 hey but you know lot, what the uh, ghost in the uh, wallpaper CG effect looks better in Frighteners than it did when they used CG ghost in the wallpaper effect in the new Nightmare on Elm Street remake I, I was just going to say I, I was gonna say, the ghost effects are actually very good it's just sometimes like there's some other CG parts that aren't the best but that's okay um, like because uh, for the Weta workshop only being a couple years old they didn't, they didn't have any like computers for that type of stuff so for Frighteners they had about like 30 they went from like, having like maybe I think he said two or three computers to having like 30 of them mm-hmm and so he was like well, he was he was constantly sitting there freaking out because like what am I going to do with all these computers <laughs> after this production but then that's when he started wanting to do a fantasy film and talking and then and basically everything from this film led him into doing the uh, lord of the rings films mm-hmm. 
and I, I thought that was just interesting bit of trivia. Like you wouldn't without frighteners, you wouldn't have the you know fellowship, anything like fellowship of the ring, two towers, any of that stuff. Right. So I, I thought that was interesting. Um, that is cool. So for the and this is also um, Michael J. Fox's last leading role in a film. Yes, it was. Um, so uh, oh, and I haven't talked about anything yet. Yeah. So same 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 role applies here. If you haven't seen the Frighteners, stop what you're doing, go see it. I mean, I hope I hope from now on people can kind of get the gist of we're talking about a movie that's gonna be spoiler filled. Yeah. So if you know, read the read the post, read the description, watch the movies before you listen. Yeah. What kind of rhyme, didn't it? Yes, it did. That was nice. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm a poet, and I. I, I was not. I was not aware. I was, I was gonna say, you motherfucker, you fucking, you skank. Um, summing up quickly, Frighteners is a film about um, Michael J. Fox's character Frank Bannister, who is a paranormal investigator, kind of just a psychic mostly, who can see ghosts, and he makes a living scamming people out of money. He the the town they're in several years back had a string of murders in a local asylum where um, Jake Busey's character. Um, uh, Charles Bartlett, Johnny Bartlett. Yeah, Johnny Bartlett. It was Johnny, or Charles yeah. Bartlett. You know, that's his middle name, whatever. Um, killed a bunch of people. Like, he was like, oh, I'm going to be a serial killer. Like, I got a score 12. Score 12. That beats whoever what the character he Yeah, whoever before. the fuck he was. Yeah. Um, so, um, but in the past several years, uh, um, past couple years, no, wait, that happened a long time ago. In the current yeah. time of 1996, for the past four years, there have been a string of random deaths where people just die. Like they, it appears to be like a heart attack, but then they open them up, they're fine. Mm-hmm. And so there's kind of a mystery leading to like what's causing all this, and uh, you find out that um, Johnny Bartlett's uh, main squeeze, uh, Patricia, uh, played by Dee Wallace, um, still sees him as a ghost, and that he apparently escaped hell as the Grim Reaper. And then has been going along murdering people over the past four years, and then um, carving the because apparently their thing when they killed people in the asylum was they'd carve in the number of the victim in their forehead. So Michael J. Fox character, uh, I guess I'll for now I'll say Frank. I'll try to remember to say that. Um, so Frank starts noticing that because he can see ghosts and stuff because of prior accident, um, he starts seeing numbers appearing on people's heads and starts just cluing in and like, oh, something's going on here. I have to figure out what it is. Um, he gets a love interest and in Dr. Lucy Linsky played by Trini Alvarado and mm-hmm. then he knows she's going to get has a number on her head like she's going to be the next victim and it's basically him trying to stop that from happening mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it's yeah and then it's basically him fighting ghosts it's a, it's a Ghostbusters film so uh, this is about. more of a Ghostbusters 3 than whatever we're going to be getting in a couple of years yeah probably isn't that funny I <laughs> know it's really sad I'm going to go kill myself now uh, so uh, Steve um, I guess this one this one we not done too much I don't know to argue about maybe because <laughs> we both like the film uh, we'll just go off what's your favorite part of the film uh, my favorite part is when the judge dies um, I really judges my favorite of the three ghosts. He's just a really fucking old dude from the old west, played He's by a- the marvelous John Aston, absolutely, aka a- 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 Go- uh, Gomez Adams from the original Adams Family. Yeah, original show. Gomez Adams. Yeah. Um, and he plays the role fantastic. He's just a great badass old cowboy, and he just has a- he fucks a mummy. Yes, which is awesome. <laughs> Don't and- tell Tumper though. He might be ra- might be raping that mummy. That she did, did that mummy give consent? She didn't say no. Okay, well, don't let don't let Roman Polanski know that he can just go around raping mummies. You're right. <laughs> I would rather Roman Polanski rape mummies than fourteen year old girls. Um, there, I said it. That's a controversial opinion. 
Um, but yeah, it's a great scene, and then he does this—he does this great last stand against this fucking Grim Reaper-looking beast, where he's just shooting him over and over, and then but he finally gets killed, and yeah. it's just a really great scene. That's absolutely my favorite scene in the movie. Um, my favorite scene. Shit. I, I guess I should say he got re-killed because he's a ghost. Yeah, his, go- his, his, uh, his soul was reaped. Yeah, which is sad because you don't see you don't see uh, the judge like I don't know if the reasons why he, we don't see him in, in heaven at the end of the film along with um, uh, Cyrus and forget the other character's name, but the other two ghosts are friends of Frank. My favorite, I don't know, like anything of Jeffrey Combs. For those you don't know, Jeffrey Combs is in this as an as a fucked up FBI agent who apparently has been. Um, for the bureau, going undercover for all sorts of cults and like uh, and stuff like that for his entire career. So because of this, he is very frazzled and fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Jeffrey Combs is a very interest has a very interesting style of acting. He does. Uh, I mean, I love it. I love Jeffrey Combs from Reanimator to uh, From Beyond. Yeah. all sorts of stuff um he's great like i so i, I think like any a lot of the scenes with him are probably my favorite parts so it but if, ah so either, if i let's pick one definitive one um my definitive favorite stuff is when they're in the uh, the old broken down asylum and frank banister always all starts having flashbacks to the shootings mm-hmm. and how seamlessly it goes from them walking around this broken down asylum to the old cleaned up asylum back in the hits heyday when it's operational before johnny bartlett starts shooting everybody yeah i think those are really well shot and look great and are very set a very good mood and in, in like the last act of the film so if i did if i did i think that probably my favorite part it works it it, it works really well and this has a really good tone to it and everything Mm -hmm. um and if i had to i guess to kind of switch to kind of get some of these points out like um i think my like the thing i don't like i like the least about the film is just the fact that the cg in some areas doesn't age very well Mm -hmm. um like the effects for the ghosts like the way they shot it they shot everyone on um i believe they shot everything on i think it was still green screen i don't think it was blue screen might have been blue screen um, and then had them all with them actually all the makeup and everything on them like you know had, uh, John, um, um, John Aston all the, as, and the makeup as the judge and everything and then right. then convert them over put the blue effect on them then put them in the film and then take the footage put it put it into the film um, so that stuff also but then there's some parts like when something happens to the ghosts themselves like um, at one point Frank sprays the, um, the, the the geeky geeky ghost I can't remember his name was it Milton. Uh, and Milton sounds right, but is also like some such a fucking generic. No, no fucking Milton. No, what am I doing? Milton's fucking Jeffrey Combs character. Um, sorry, we're blank. Oh, Stuart, Stuart. That's Stuart. Yes. Stuart and Cyrus. Yeah. So he like, like spray Stuart in the face with like bug spray, and like it blasts the ghost's face back, and that that CG doesn't look right. Or um, mm-hmm. the main part when when Frank becomes a ghost to chase down the Reaper, and he gets the two M60s from Arlie Ermy's ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Which that's fantastic. A great, um, yeah, that's fantastic. And he starts shooting him now, and he's like beating up this big mass of like black goo. Like that, that doesn't look too well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, admittedly, other than that, like there's a couple, um, like some of the uh, ghost behind the wallpaper effects look good, but like there's ghost under the rug shots that don't look too. good. Oh yeah, the wallpaper looks fine. The rug stuff looks terrible. Yeah, so. 
I don't know. It but again, it was 1996, 1997. I will say, though, this movie does not look nearly as bad as the CG work in Escape from L.A. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I feel like Escape from L.A. is very bad. <laughs> <laughs> and for no reason. Like, I feel like there, there's no reason why they had to do the shot, the CG shots the way they did. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um... So, uh, any other, like, big things about Frighteners you really like, uh, or, or why it stuck with you so much? It's just a really good movie. Like, it's just really fun, funny, it's, uh, classic Peter Jackson with a budget, with mm-hmm. a big budget, it was, and it's, it's always good to see Michael J. Fox act. Mm-hmm. Um, and I miss that, you know, I rewatched it and I just re-found myself, like, feeling that I miss seeing Michael J. Fox not play Michael J. Fox because that's all he does these days. You know, he's retired from acting unless he is playing himself or at least someone with Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, he rarely plays just someone with Parkinson's. He plays Michael J. Fox. And I get that, you know, because of his disease, he can't not have Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's just nice to get to see Michael J. Fox again being be able to play a, a character. And he does it yeah. so greatly. Because he's oh, yeah, so he's... charming. He is. He's so great in this film. It, it, it goes from... It runs the gambit from, like, the flashbacks or the uh, end of the film, like, he's a happy, nice guy, to the super dark, dark, dreary guy who just fucking hates his life. Mm-hmm. And he's fucking living in, like, a... In a half-finished house. Not yeah, even like, half-finished. Oh, yeah. It's like a shack with some tarps on it. Yeah. Like, I think the um, living room is the... The living room and the kitchen are the only finished rooms, because even the shower is, like, outside. Yeah. There's some tarps around There's it. There's some tarps around it. Something like that. Like he can play that really well. Um, uh, the, oh, I was gonna say like this is one. This is still early enough in Danny Elfman's scoring, like as a composer. Yes. Career that I don't mind the soundtrack. Actually, really good, I like it quite a bit. It's a good score. Yeah. It doesn't sound like standard Elfman. I no. like you can hear his style. Yeah. But for it's sure. not like the same fucking Elfman that you hear in like fucking Batman and even like the Spider-Man movies, where it just is, has the exact same kind of sound. Mm-hmm. But, it, but sadly, Elfman is still so noticeable from the like the beat one. Like yeah, the, the, the film comes up and the score starts. I'm like, pretty. I'm like 99 percent sure this is Danny Elfman. Yep. And then the composer Danny Elfman. Yep. Same thing. Like when I pop in Scrooge for the first time in a long time, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, yep, yep. This is Danny Elfman because there's a choir of la la las and <laughs> <laughs> all this sort of stuff. And like all the, he has very very uh, usual things you'll pick up right quite immediately. But this is still early Elfman before you get super. I guess super Elfman-y, similar to like Burton got super Burton-y, mm-hmm. so um, it's a good score. I, rec- I like that. Um, i trying to think of other things that really like about the film. I like the way how it kind of like this this movie's like uh, version of death. It's like you die, and if you don't take the tunnel, well, then you just wait. I think he said a year. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I, th- it I year. think it's a year. Yeah, I watched. You wait a year, then you ago. have another chance, and I I like that. And I like. Like this kind of sad state that death is where you're, you're slowly decomposing mm-hmm. even as a ghost yeah in some cases some people do some people don't i never quite figure that one out because like are the army's ghost is perfectly fine yeah that is weird well some i mean i don't care that's fine yeah. the army can do the fuck he wants clearly <laughs> he can change he can change into a riot cop a boxer all the sorts of stuff um i like how uh the ghost can manipulate things mm-hmm like they, but I, I was kind. Of, I don't know if this is me like picking at the movie, but I'm not. I'm always kind of confused, like in what certain cases they can mess with things. It seems like they concentrate. 
Yeah, that's probably a good point. Or if they, or if they're thinking about it too much, like when Stewart gets gets stuck in the door in the beginning of the movie. Like I feel mm-hmm. like they have that scene to show like they don't just pass through everything no, willy nilly. Like Stewart's so so much of a fucking tight ass that he can't just walk through a door like it's nothing. He needs to get pulled through it by another ghost. Yeah, true. Because he's focusing on it too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's that's frighteners. Um, it's one of the funny when this film you really really like. It's hard to kind of without. Just like talking about every damn scene. Yeah, just talking about the, every the scene by scene, everything that happens. Because I can just talk a whole bunch. I, I, that's a good thing to bring up. I just remembered. Um, there are. I don't think it's so much the case anymore. Uh, there are two different cuts of this film. Mm-hmm. There is a theatrical cut, and then there is a director's cut. Now it's kind of. I know Peter Jackson does like to say director's cut, so like he'll be like a. They'll mark it as director's cut, but he prefers to call it like special edition or a fun cut or something like that. That's a little inside thing. But um, the uh, director's cut is twelve minutes longer. So I think, I think the theatrical cut is ninety-eight minutes, and then the director's cut is one hundred and ten minutes mm-hmm. or one hundred and twenty-two. So just, just I don't know. You can double check it online. Uh, I'd recommend the director's cut. Uh, I have to rewatch the theatrical cut to double check, but I watched the director's cut recently for the first time. Um, the, to, to my understanding, the director's cut has a lot more Jeffrey Combs in it. Mm-hmm. It'd been, it been admittedly it'd been a while since I've seen the theatrical cut. I can't quite remember how much he was in the movie, but there's some scenes where I'm like, okay, okay, I, I don't remember this being in the film. So uh, yeah, I recommend the director's cut. More Jeffrey Combs actually makes his character a character, not just some weird dude. Now right. you actually understand why he's weird. He goes into a lot more, just just a lot more development on his character, and I think that's that's good for this film. Makes it much better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But uh, I will. I'll get back to you guys if I sit down and watch the theatrical cut, and I'll give you the play-by-play on how different it is. So, um, yeah, Jeffrey Combs, great, great actor. Love you, Jeffrey actor. Combs. Love you so much, Je- Jeffrey Combs. You are this ep- this episode's honorary. Uh, we love you. We love you lots. Thank you so much. Thank you just for being you. So. Uh, any other parting thoughts on the Frightener, Steve? I think I actually asked you that, but I don't know if you yep. have anything else. Uh, everyone go see it. Every, yeah, boom, boom, go see it. Actually, go see all of Peter Jackson's older works. Go see Dead Alive, if you haven't, or Brain Dead as it's called. See everything um, that Peter Jackson made pre-Lord of the Rings. I mean, Lord of the Rings because is while still... I like the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit films, um, he was way better at the things that aren't Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, uh, he did have a cameo in the Five-ish Doctors reboot, and he was really good in that. So, Oh, he had a cameo. I love his cameo in this one. Okay. Uh, where he's just some some dude that Michael J. Fox, Michael J. Fox bumps into. Yes, uh, I always appreciate seeing you know seeing J- Peter Jackson cameos in his films. So, uh, yeah, but check out Bad Taste. Check out Meet the Feebles. All the stuff I like that that now he's done with the Hobbit, uh, the third Hobbit movie. He can potentially go back to making cheap horror movies. I'd really appreciate if he did that. <laughs> that would be great. That'd be that'd be fun. So hopefully he will. But, uh, so yeah, let's, uh, I guess we'll just take this on home. Um, as always, guys, you can find us on Facebook at, with uh, movie, films with Bill, movie Films with Bill and Steve. Uh, like, give us a like if you like us. Uh, that way it always looks cool and we have more people checking us out, listening to the show. Uh, you can find us on Tumblr at moviefilmswithbillandsteve.tumblr.com. And if, like always, you can email us at moviefilmswithbillandsteve at gmail.com. And then you can find me on Twitter if you want to li- uh, follow me or talk to me or something uh, <laughs> Bill. just talk to Bill he's very lonely talk to me I'm a cool guy we can do the tweets we can the tweets? talk and we can tweet I will twit uh, I will twit at you I will twit I will favorite whatever you post like I do on Facebook when I like things I don't understand the difference <laughs> well on Facebook you just like it but on Twitter it's your favorite thing it's my favorite ever. I feel like people really 
are sticky about those favorites. I'm like, so what's the difference? Isn't it just like a like? Like, hey, I like this, but it's not the same thing. It's not the On the mobile thing. app, the star like bounces up and has a little animation, and it's awesome. Uh, and you can check out my <laughs> movies at silverspotlightfilms.com or facebook.com slash silverspotlightfilms. Fantastic. Super fantastic. Well, guys, until next time, I've been Bill. I have and always will be your Steve. That's a Star Trek reference. Great Scott! <laughs> hey, didn't you, did your company ever do anything with time travel? No. Bill just did the eye roll. Super big eye roll. <laughs> Doodly do. Bye, guys. Bye.